to Brotherly Pod. Here it is Tuesday, September 19, 2023, on the eve of the Flyers training camp. If it's not already taking place, maybe it's two days away. Who fucking cares at this point? They're on the around the corner is the moral of the story. I believe the first preseason game is uh, the 25th, which is on Monday. Which, yay. Woo! They're back. I was really hoping the offseason just would never end. We never have to deal with this. But uh, it's on the horizon, everyone. They're coming, whether we fucking like it or not. So with me today, returning to the show, Andy Papa Spaghetti is here. Andy, what's going on? What's up, you simple bitches? <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's, that's how I feel lately. <laughs> on my good Christian podcast. <laughs> You keep saying that, but then we were talking about... I think we were talking about dicks the first time, so... Well, you know, shit happens. <laughs> um, it is... I think training camp starts Thursday. Everything's really exciting. You know, we get to see all those great guys, like... Like... Like, uh... Like, uh... Mark Stahl. Mark uh, Stahl and, uh... Nick Sealer. Uh... And, uh, probably not... Oh yeah, Cal Peterson. We got yeah, Cal him. Peterson should be there. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Lizinski is probably in the corner with a dunce cap. Yeah. Speaking of dicks, if it's not rock hard right now, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> after that lineup. Oh my god. Um, where I was watching the, I was actually watching the presser today. Yeah. Old they... uh, Danny B spoke to the media ahead of everything here and said a whole lot of fucking nothing essentially. Yeah, pretty much. It was Couturier interesting because uh, Atkinson are cleared. Mm-hmm. which we expected, but now it's official. And that's not necessarily a surprise that they're cleared, that they're going to be participating and playing. It's more a matter of what is the quality of player we're going to get during the season when you know when the chips are down. Yeah, it, that was funny because he was saying something about uh, Morgan Frost and Noah Cates and their development last year and how they did really well, but... Essentially, it's nice that they're going to have the help of Kim Atkinson and Sean Couturier. And I was kind of sitting there. I was like thinking, you don't know how he's going to be. You guys thought he was all cleared to go last year. And then he got another back surgery. Yeah, At that's true. He was Curry. supposed to be healthy uh, last training camp as well. And that didn't uh, did not last. So I, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, you hope that he's going to at least come to somewhat of the same form. And that's always going to be the hope and the expectation. But. My, I just feel like he's going to have a very slow start out of the gate, and I don't see him having. I feel like he's going to have like kind of like a Joel Farabee last year year where he was unhealthy, and now he's kind of back. But he, you know, he's, he's been gone. He's cleared to play, but he's not actually healthy. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and it's been 22 months if he plays an opening night. 22 months since the last time Sean Couturier played a game. Two separate back surgeries. He'll be 31 in December. Yeah. After however many games he's already played, seven, eight hundred, whatever it is, and then you have Cam Atkinson who's been off. All Cam year. Atkinson missed all 30. the last season. He's thirty-four. He's got an additional year left on his contract beyond this one too, which is just it, fucking fantastic. Exactly. It's so I don't know how much help they're going. I mean, I guess in a veteran. So when Elliot Danoye and Tyson Forster start the season in the AHL because the thirty-year-olds come back and take their spots. Yeah, it's. <sighs> It's frustrating because I, I know they did someone I don't know who asked it, but someone asked the question about that, like blocking uh, veteran players, blocking young players from coming up and developing and everything. And he just kind of was like, oh, well, um, we'll kind of gauge that as the year goes on. And I feel like the entire season is going to be Emil Andre is going to kill it in the AHL while Mark Stahl's fumbling to try and make a pass or block a player with his four, like 36-year-old ass. Yeah. I got a piece tomorrow coming out on BrotherlyPuck.com looking at potential defensive pairs. And my conclusion is there's just so many fucking bodies. None of them are any good, and you're going to block out your goddamn kids in favor of Steeler, uh, Sealer and Stahl. It's, it's, that's the big thing. We talked about this last time. Why Why do we bring all these pieces in if we didn't let some of these other pieces go? And now we have... And Emil Andre, from what I could see of the rookie games... He's very fucking good, good. is Emil yeah. Andre, yes. 
easily the organization's top defenseman right now, and I don't think that is an exaggeration. It's crazy. So we're going to block him and have him play the Cam York role this year, and then when uh, one of these players inevitably gets hurt and probably has to go past Zamula because he's probably going to either be in a switch like what okay so what do you imagine the pairing rules to be let's go from there and then we'll kind of well Zamola's on a one-way contract so he's in yeah. the NHL he's exactly playing because I don't think Tortorella likes the guy very much but he's going to be in the NHL but let me pull up my uh, thing here because there was the good the bad and the ugly and the one group that I thought was at least semi-decent mm-hmm and no, it's a trade history. It's fucking trade history pieces. Oh, God. Because I keep looking at Cap Friendly and looking at the defenseman there, and I'm just, I don't know what the hell to do. So, what I think is going to happen is York and Ristolainen, mm-hmm. Sanheim Walker, and then Stahl and Adderd, and or Zamula. Okay. Sealer's then... on a two-way contract. But he's not waiver exempt, so I don't really know. Like, this is like the frustrating part of all of this is Sanheim and Stahl. They're the two that fuck everything up here. Because if Andre's making the team, you would think he's going to play second pair lefty, which is where mm-hmm. Sanheim's going to suit in. And if if they can get over their love affair with Nick Sealer, they're just going to fucking put Mark Stahl there. They're not going to give that role to Zamula. Like, your third pair may be Stalin Sealer, two old-ass lefties. No. And it's, it's You've got like, Ronnie Adderd hanging around, too, that should be getting ice time and probably isn't because of this. Like, this. the line I came up with that I would roll would be Andre and York on the top pair, Sanheimer Stalinen on the second, Zamula Adderd on the third. That's very nice, I think. That's like I don't like there. the idea of York playing on the right side, but they clearly... He's been there for two years now. That's where yeah. they've put him this whole time. So if Andre is this fucking good, you may as well give Andre the best partner he's got, which is Cam York. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I, that pair, it's two lefties, two young guys, but at the end of the day, that's your, that's, that's your money. That's, that's the only thing that even qualifies resembling anywhere close to being a top pair defensive unit right now. You know, so I just, like, York and Ristolainen is probably going to be your top pair. I think more that, likely than not, that's the conclusion that I came to. And, and that's that's what qualifies as a top pair in fucking 2022. Fucking Ristolainen. In a rebuild era with the Flyers, that seems very appropriate with them. You know, if Andre makes the team... And this is the other thing that, that I... They did this with York with when uh, Keith Yandel was here. They made mm-hmm. him play on the third pair on the right side. And they did it last year with York as well, who was on the third pair right side with Seal, then eventually got promoted to the right side with, with Provorov. And it's like, if Andre makes the team, do they put him on the third pair right side with Seal or Andor Stahl? Mm, I hate this. This should not be this difficult. And it's the battle of, like, what should happen for a successful in, uh, you, uh, deployment of the rookies and the young guys, and for the betterment of the future of this team, versus what we know John Tortorella is going to do, which is favor Stahl and Sealer. Yeah, and if especially if like, why like why is why can't Stahl move for the development of the players? I why is Stahl been... here at all? <laughs> quite frankly, the real question. He's a veteran presence. He, veteran presence, my it, ass. And I quote, well, paraphrase Danny Briere. He said, because we lost Provorov, Mark Stahl feels that veteran role. What? Yeah, he said something for Provorov if I said, uh, uh, yeah. He, it's your homophobic Provorov. defenseman role. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. I forgot uh, Mark Stahl is one of those. Ugh. Yeah. I, and, and especially because you took out Provorov and D'Angelo, presumably trying to kind of get out that toxic energy. Why bring Mark Stahl in? For what? A Torts guy? Yeah. It is exclusively a Torts guy. That's the only reason why he's here. And that's the thing that's going to get him ice time. Especially if they're rolling under the guise of, we're going to flip him at the deadline for assets. Remember when they used to do this with Andrew McDonald? They used to play him every single night in big minutes because they were showcasing him for trades. And then it never fucking happened because nobody fucking wants to acquire Andrew McDonald. They ended up buying him out. I hate the number 47 because of Andrew McDonald. 
Oh yeah, yeah when, when Adder mother- was wearing it last year, it's like, ugh, it's fucking. I know. I was like, you better PTSD. change that, bud. Yeah. Now he's wearing twenty three, which is good. Why? What? You know, Adder, mean, he wore twelve in Lehigh last year. Can this guy fuck off with these stupid numbers he's wearing and just pick a normal one? Pick a normal number. Also worth noting from the rookie series, Helge Granz is wearing number three. The only player who was not wearing a rookie number. I thought that was interesting. That's kind of bold. Where the fuck's he going to fit in all this mess? Did you did you go to the rookie game? I was there Saturday. Yes. Uh, How did that? I didn't really get to see Saturday's game. How did that go? They worked hard, but there's no talent there. Believe it or not. No talent. But Emil Andre played that night. He was Andre was very good. Was Uh, the best. But the forward is just a hot mess. A lot of those guys, I don't even know what, how that roster qualified for what role. Why were Danoye and Forster there, but Lexell and Zamula and Adderd weren't? I have no idea how they made that lineup, but uh, the forward group was whatever. Emil Andre is a fucking superstar. He's so good. He was so good in the 10-game sample size last year when he came over to North America. And it's like, okay, like... For anybody that watched the end of the fandom season last year, the wheels of the bus fell off, the bus careened into a dish and blew up in a fucking massive fiery explosion. It was a not great last few games for them. So the fact that Andre stood out, it was kind of like, all right, you know, he's good. He came in from a different league, whatever. And then the development camp came along and everyone raved about him there. And then everyone raved about him from the rookie games. And like, he's just, he's so head and shoulders above everybody else right now that it's like, I don't want to make this comparison because it's not fair to Andre, but like if you're watched Kale McCarr play hockey and he just, yeah. when he gets the puck, it's a different fucking game. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel with Andre is just, he gets that puck and shit gets real, real quick. It's it's, it's watching a star amongst a bunch of 36 year old homophobic defensemen. You know, it's so <laughs> there's a significant difference in the talent wise. And, you know, oh, I, I would hope he makes the opening night roster. If he plays as good as he has to this point, there's no reason why he shouldn't, other than the fact that you've got 15 fucking people fighting for spots on this blue line, and they're going to have to send somebody to the AHL. You'd have to beat out, I guess, Nick Sealer at this point, would be my guess. God, I've heard... It, you know, that's another one of the, that we've heard all summer long from different positions, but, you know, it was Zamula and Stahl when they signed Stahl. It's like, well, Daniel, if Igor Zamula can't beat out Mark Stahl for a spot, then he doesn't deserve to play. And I always just sit back and think, like, do you really think those two are on the same plane of battlefield? No, they're not. No, of course they're not. That's the fucking problem. You have your Zamula is fighting for his fucking life out there for a playoff spot. And and fucking Torrance is going to default to Mark Stahl because he's a fucking veteran guy. They're not on the same battlefield. It's not a matter of Zamula beating out Stahl. Zamula can be better than everyone on this fucking team, and I guarantee you he's not going to see ice time because fucking Mark Stahl is here. At least not until the trade deadline where we inevitably get him for a seventh-round pick. Listen, we're rebuilding. We need those seven-round picks. Oh, I don't know. Danny Breer sure didn't seem like they were rebuilding today. No, he well, sure made it sound like they are going to try and compete this season. It's it's starting. It well, we go back to the hexdollisms or whatever, where it's like one foot in, one foot out, mm-hmm. where they say they are rebuilding, but they're also trying to win. You're rebuilding, but, but you're not. What was the term used? Fire sale earlier in the year. Uh, we, yeah, we're, we're rebuilding, but it's not a fire sale. And he proved that in the off season. You got rid of Provorov, who nobody fucking liked anyway. But you kept Konechny, you kept Lawton, you kept all these guys in Sanheim, and then you brought in a bunch of random depth guys that or taking away spots from your kids. So your kids don't have ice time. Your roster, like, this roster is not terrible. No. Your goaltending is pretty good, whether it's Hart or Urson starting. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Your defense is a hot fucking mess, as we just talked about. But mm-hmm. whatever. But this forward group is not bad. Not bad. It's not yeah. great. You're missing, like, six-star players, but it's not that bad. <laughs> You've got at least half a dozen guys here that are probably going to score 50 points. Like, that's not that bad. But, you know, it's enough where, and I've made this prediction on a couple shows now, my prediction, I have not picked a, a, a number of games won or points that they finish with, but mathematically, they are going to be closer to the second wild card spot than they will be the bottom five teams. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Yeah. It's that's more than likely what is going to happen, unless barring a couple injuries here and there. And I, I not that I want that, 
but that seems like the only way we're going to actually get some of these young guys to be kind of forced up the up and really see their development and really start to see the future of this team because it's not going to be Garnet Hathaway or Ryan Paling. It's going to be Tyson Forrester, Bobby Brink, Denoye, Emil Andre. They're the immediate future to pave way for Gautier, Mishkov, Bonk. All it's kind of the thing with day. the injuries of like if Couturier, Konechny, and Sanheim all miss extended time and they're replaced with Denoye, Forster, and Andre, those players are probably better than the ones that were injured in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to get better if injuries happen, if anything, at this point. I mean, I'd be fine with that if 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 we if that's what it takes. If somebody's got to break a leg for you know one of these <laughs> fucking young guys to make it happen. I know a guy that can. Uh... <laughs> I listen. I know a guy. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. I got my friend, old fishy, uh, fishy Frank over here. He's gonna make him sleep with the fishes. Yeah. Uh, um. What was I gonna say? Um. So. I lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! Talking about fucking mob jokes killed me. Um. Yeah, if like Sean Couturier gets another back surgery, and we get to see uh, Bobby Brink kind of come up or Denoye or whoever, I wouldn't be that upset if we got closer to the wild spot with that kind of group. Sure. If if we get, I mean, if we do well with this group, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to be pretty happy. But I just don't see us doing, not even like being a playoff bubble team. We're going to be just kind of like playoffs. And none of the guys, none of your young guys get a ton of experience. You just pissed away a full season for no reason. Exactly. And that's the issue. That's what I, that's going to be kind of, I think, my worst case scenario for this season. If we do just okay to where you're saying uh, closer to a second wild card spot than to like the bottom five, we miss out on high end talent in this draft. And it's just with the guys who have always been yeah, it's the same old shit. The guys, the guys. Yeah, same old shit, and it that will really kind of knock my confidence in this office real quickly. Uh, yeah, I think any... people are going to realize real quick what I feel like I've been preaching about for months is like nothing actually changed. No, and you know what? I mean... Congratulations to the Flyers front office, by the way. Like you didn't do a goddamn thing, and everyone believes in you. You fired Chuck Fletcher and replaced him with Chuck Fletcher's right hand man. <laughs> Did absolutely nothing else to change, and and everyone just loves you again. And you know what? Everyone's talking about the fucking center ice logo changes and stuff like that. And I was like, bring that up. You know, there was a time, especially on Frequent Flyer over the years, we kind of documented a lot of that stuff in real time, right? When they changed the center ice logo and trying to, you know, remove Ed Snyder's history and all that shit that this previous regime did. And we talked about, you know, the disintegration of the Flyers, right? It was like Nero watching Rome burn. You know, I, I just... The thing was, like, the roster was salvageable in that era. In mm-hmm. 2019 and 2020, and even 2021, like, if you made the right moves, you could have saved the on-ice product, and the off-ice stuff didn't matter. Who gives a fucking shit what the center ice fucking logo is? I don't uh-huh. care! But, like, apparently a lot of people, it was a fucking different story entirely, but, like, now you don't have a team. You've got a shit stain of a hockey team out there that's, has, <laughs> you're not making the playoffs. You've got no path to being truly successful in the future. There's no forward movement in a rebuilding direction that fills this team with prosperous youth. You just fucking exist. But now this regime is going to pandering. We fixed the center ice logo. We hired former Flyers in the front office, and we have Mark Recchi Hall of Fame night. It's like you're doing all the pandering, but the thing that made the Flyers good, the on-ice product, is still a flaming pile of dog shit. At this point, they know it, and that's why they keep pandering. Yeah, because I got to do something. People are going to buy season tickets to see the old center ice logo. uh, I didn't even, you know, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know the center ice logo changed. I remember it changed, but I totally forgot about it. I didn't yeah. think I haven't thought about it in years until they said, "Oh, we're changing it back," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's right." That's I forgot cool. about awesome. that. Awesome. Oh, we're getting almost the old jerseys back. Oh, oh we're... fuck! You know, I saw those in person on Saturday too. I was about to ask how they look in person. The shade of orange is much closer to the original '90s jerseys than any picture that I've seen, mm-hmm. which was good. 
Uh, That's good. It, it is nice to see that they, you know, in real life, the, the color is much darker than a lot of the pictures seem to sell. They look like shit without the black stripe, but we knew that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if the alternate captain is oh, going... Oh, it looks like a paper. It looks it like looks a, yeah, like, it looks like a piece of construction paper that was, you know, glue-sticked <laughs> onto the jersey. I don't know if go, that's bud. what they're going to look like, because typically for these rookie games, the, yeah, they go hard. the players are issued jerseys for training camp and preseason. Mm-hmm. And the players that are deemed alternate captains for the rookie games and whatnot get A's in their jersey, and then it gets removed. So it could be for the purposes of easy removal, that's why it looked like shit. Sure. But it's just a little white letter that's not in the same font as the previous A used to be. It's just a little pathetic. <laughs> so if that's the actual thing they're going to use this year, if that's what's going to be on Scott Lawton's jersey, like, oh, boy, fucking how do they drop the ball on that one? But, uh... Yeah. He, yeah. was the only, uh, he was the only alternate captain last year. He was year. the only the, A last the... year, and I don't know if anybody else is getting one this year. I don't know if Couturier or Atkinson or Mark Stahl or anybody's getting an A. Uh, uh, probably not. It's I mean, not been uh, talked about yet, I suppose. But Did you uh, happen to hear uh, the podcast with Kevin Hayes today? Mm, no. no. So... Kevin Hayes was on, I forget, it was like uh, something in, I forget the name of the podcast, but um, he talked about his time with Tortorella, and basically, he had a nice little side comment, felt like, where it was just like, yeah, no, he's a good guy off ice, we didn't agree on ice, but, you know, just saying, I was on the penalty kill up until the moment towards came, and my entire career had been on the penalty kill, I was just like, nice interesting little dig there, Kevin Hayes. He was on uh, the Andrew Strickland show. Yeah. Strick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, I was listening. I wanted to listen to it a little bit, but I only heard that little soundbite that's going around Twitter right now. But he's, uh, yeah, he's he's be, he be talking, but nothing nothing too uh, juicy there. I like Kevin Hayes. I don't give a shit what anybody said. I did too. I hated I was... him more when they signed him than anybody else did, and by the end, I feel like I liked him more than just about anybody else did. I feel like he could have stayed. I feel like out of all the people that like were let go this season or this off season, he should he have could, stayed rather than could, fucking retain half his salary for three years for, for no reason. Like I get that they didn't have an eye to eye kind of view of how to play the game, but he 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 to just lose him. What, what we got a uh, six round pick and I can't remember. Is that all we got? Yep, that's all we. Just a like, six round pick and they retained what three point six million for three years. I believe it is. I don't. I out of all the all the things that happened this year, besides the Mark Stahl signing, I th- those are my two kind of lowest yeah. rated moves. Yeah, talked about a lot leading up to that, you know, trade in the off season. Like I wouldn't have done that. I would have just kept Hayes at least for yeah. one more year. You could yeah bite I the could. bullet and move on later. You guys, fucking bunch of prima donnas, can figure it out for another twelve months. I swear. I like, swear. <sighs> And he was not a bad presence. I'm pretty sure he was like looking after Joel Farabee and some of the younger guys, and I think really boosted their confidence and really their play. Hopeful, like, I mean, that's what they say. But you know, to, that remains to be seen in the next year. It'll be interesting to kind of see the leadership and how that kind of uh, panders out. We got this. Mark Stahl now. It's all the leadership we need. We got Sean Couturier. We got yeah, Cam yeah, Atkinson. Great. We got Mark Stahl. We got. Um, Travis Sandheim. Mm, yeah, just who I want my players learning from is Travis Sandheim. <laughs> Listen, guys, you just got to let it suck and then fleece them for a seven-year no-trade clause contract. <laughs> That's what he's doing right now. He's figure, he's giving them the agent, and the agent's going to give them the other agent tips how to fleece the Flyers so they can just keep uh, the bankroll going. I mean, friggin' uh, Ryan Ellis is doing it now. It's friggin' sitting on sitting off and just taking a six million dollars for the next three four more years god damn well, Ryan Ellis. <laughs> so someone brought him up of i don't i don't know if it was in the press comments or it was implied that he was just to the fact that they implied he was not playing this year for obvious reasons but when someone brought his name up i'm like how many more times are we going to ask the question before we just kind of let him go into obscurity because he already is just no one's expecting him to play. No, don't, four games like three years ago at this point or whatever it was. And... Don't ask. Don't ask more about Ryan Ellis. I don't <laughs> really care. I, I, you saw the future with him. He, he did great in his 
four games and then goodbye. Seemed like a promising guy, but no, just another just another one of those things that kind of blew up on our faces, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Uh, but, oh, well. In, I guess in um, – well, kind of speaking of Kevin Hayes, kind of going into the, the Blues, Brain Shen is going to be the captain of uh, the, the yep. Blues this year. 24th captain in Blues history. Does – you think he kind of kind of goes into like a kind of a recce role where like he won, where recce won outside of Philly. He's loved in Philly, but I feel like he's not as loved as like a lot of the other people in that era. Like, do we kind of keep Braden Shen in that kind of like Flyers fandom love, or does he just kind of now it's like he's a like kind of like a Blues player who just kind of was a Flyer at this point, like. Hmm. It's an interesting question because, like, I don't think Shen was as loved as, you know, Wayne Simmons and even guys like Jake Voracek, you know, who were here for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. I I really liked him. He was like, he was I my like first... Shen. I would undo that trade every single fucking day mm-hmm. ever since it happened. Oh, my God. Especially now. Yeah. Especially now. I I would very much rather Bray and Shen playing an important, like, a, a veteran role. But I guess maybe, maybe. Getting him out of Philadelphia is what really helped him flourish a little bit. I mean, he was great on our team. I my first hat trick in like the a live flyer setting was Braden Shen, and he always played amazing. I, but some part of me kind of thinks maybe he wouldn't have flourished until he finally got out of here. Maybe now he's. I mean, he didn't have his career years until he got to St. Louis. So exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So you know. Maybe we got rid of a guy too young, or maybe he, maybe the Flyers are holding him back, which you kind of say for a lot of players, I'm sure. Yeah. In yeah. that era, of course, unfortunately. But Yeah, they got rid of him and Therapy <laughs> Frost and Yori Laterra in return and then drafted Nolan Patrick, and we all know how that fucking worked out. Two centers that never amounted to anything close to what Shen was and whatever it is fucking Joel Farabee's doing these days. <laughs> I thought I thought Joel Farabee was in one of those two. Oh wait, he's not a centerman. But I anyway. um wait, Joel Tarro, he was the one who that's the he was the Coke guy, right? Yeah, he was the Coke guy. Yeah. He was the Coke guy. <laughs> I forgot. Fucking there's so many God. There's so many nobodies. I, I get him kind of confused with Rubstoff mm, and all that old shit. German Rubstoff. He was the uh, uh totally blanked on the word. <laughs> performance enhancers oh yeah he was yeah in uh the khl or whatever uh, the russian he, uh the russian gas uh, oh we love that we love that um and then in other news we got the whole babcock situation. oh mikey babcock you know i remember when uh i think it who who was before hacksaw it was baruby right yeah, That's who it yeah. Was, I'm trying to remember. So when Bar- it was between Baruby the Hackstall, that was when Babcock left the Detroit organization. Yes. And, yep. and evidently, I remember Flyers Twitter being like, we need Babcock. We need Babcock. We need Babcock. And now we kind of look back and go, man, I'm glad we took Hackstall instead, I think. Well, I guess no, but <laughs> I was like, well, you know what? Let me let me reel back my words a little bit, but I'm kind of I'm rather we got milk toast man than that man never made a face or like he never showed an expression. Ironically but, enough, I believe once upon a time on Twitter I compared Dave Haxtall to the love child of Corey Perry and Mike Babcock. Just the freaking just stoic. The, the the stoic face and he looked like fucking Corey Perry. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have to read that. Um Let's see if just, find that tweet. Um but would that is he the shortest tenure in like NHL history for like a head coach? He made it didn't even make it a full off season. Somebody uh I thought somebody pointed somebody out that was you know in a similar role, but it, yeah, I believe uh you know, as far as hiring to firing uh... I was just shocked. <laughs> like the, so it kind of confused me that this all happened and maybe I wasn't paying attention hard enough uh, because it seemed like they could have just had the statement they had 
with, with the original statement where it was like, oh, we're just showing pictures of our families. Like, it's just supposed to be a way to kind of do an icebreaker, things like that. And then just kind of completely spiraled into, okay, he's resigning now. I, what happened? Well, they put out the, there was the spit and chicklets thing where they're like, this guy's a creepo going through your phone. And then a couple days later, yes. the Columbus Boot Jackets acknowledged that and said, oh, there was <laughs> nothing, no wrongdoing. And then they guess they launched an investigation to find out that there was indeed wrongdoing, <laughs> that Mike Babcock did something creepy, believe it or not. And uh, the players weren't thrilled with him. It sounded like a lot of the players weren't thrilled with the hiring to begin with before he you know, went through and found all their dick pics. And, uh, you know, then he got then he got canned. And apparently the Blues ownership uh, or Blue Jackets ownership, I should say, was not overly yeah. thrilled at the Kekalainen and made that hiring in the first place. So. No, it's it's it, I mean, when it happened, it was confusing. It was shocking because he got, you know, he resigned. In, did kind of in disgrace at his the was he on a junior hockey team before I think so, this yeah. something like that and I'm pretty sure the exact same thing happened <laughs> or something similar where like he was doing something to the players and the players obviously were not yeah when he got shit canned in Toronto there was all kinds of weird shit that came out oh that too uh, yeah tactics that he was uh, deploying in there some. They said there was a, I think a couple uh, Maple Leaf players like filed complaints for uh, like toxic, like a toxic. I remember Mitch Marner was uh, involved in that somehow. Mm-hmm. He and uh, Babcock were not uh, good friends. Um, well, was he opted to resign after on August twenty fifth, twenty twenty two, after one season with the Huskies, stating that he wanted to provide an opportunity for a bigger role. Okay, so they don't really talk about it on here. But the following day, he was retired from coaching, and then he uh, made a terrible career move and now he's going to go back to retiring for coaching because yeah i don't think this guy's getting hired again who the fuck's gonna hire this guy again no fucking chance there's absolutely no way he's going to get a uh a coaching job in a little league let alone an nhl club but oh yeah never count the flyers out from doing something stupid though well it's funny you mentioned that because they did bring it up in the press conference and they tried to kind of like connect torts in that same kind of like club of toxic work environment yeah Yeah, like old heads toxic kind of like oh they have a very hard ass kind of approach and that can uh be seen as i think there's a difference between hard ass and like creepy Yes. Like, and that was the thing with the whole Babcock thing in the first place is when the rumors broke that he was going through players' phones, it's like, yeah, that's totally fucking on brand for this guy, right? It, it was very believable shit. You yeah. know, if someone came out and was like, John Tortell likes to drown puppies in his free time or something. It's like, this guy is a fucking humane, you know, it's what he focuses on animals. He's got charities and everything for it. It's like, He's that would not horse. be believable. Like, yeah, he gets kicked by horses in his free time. <laughs> But you know, I, I think there's a difference between being an old hard ass and being an old fucking pedophile, right? Like it's just exactly. I, I don't See, think Tortorella has a long shelf. Like Daryl Suter in in uh, Calgary, you know, I fucking mm-hmm. love Daryl Suter. I love his coaching style. I love what he does. But it doesn't have a long shelf life anymore, right? No. And it's the it's one of the questions that I put in the prediction piece last week on uh, brotherpuck.com was like, I wonder if the Flyers aren't good this year, which is probably one way or another going to be the thing, is how do the players respond to this guy forcing this 82-game playoff style on them? Mm-hmm. Will they bust their ass like they did last year for a whole other season if there's no light at the end of the tunnel? No. I, that, that's, that's kind of more the more the thing with, with Tortorella at this point. is is he, Can his demands be kept up for a long period of time. It's not necessarily his personality. It's is his style of coaching, his demands. Is that going to reach kind of the modern player? This was kind of my one worry when the hiring did happen. Um, I was overly or overall like happy with the hiring of Tortorella because I think the problem with the, one of the problems with the flyers isn't the fact that they just kind of like let talent go to waste and then uh, keep giving middling uh, six guys just mm-hmm. contract their contract um, is there was no expectations or like a kind of like an expectation set where uh, for like winning. So no one was kind of getting pushed in that, that, you know, that next gear, you could just see it on the ice play and you could tell that drastic difference with Tortorella. That was like one of the one positives to come out of the last year was they did fight hard. They 
did play that A2 uh, game style of play, but you you can't keep replicating that, especially if you're trying to rebuild and you're on that expectation of rebuild. You're not going to be good. And I think it's better to kind of, you know, manage the expectation, work hard to win every night. Like, don't kind of go, all right, just go out and lose and whatever, but go out and try and win. But this is why I wanted more rookie players or a lot more of the younger mm-hmm. guys out here, because then at least like if they're losing, it's not as like, OK, you have to win the Stanley Cup this year. I'm sure you want to win the Stanley Cup every year you play it, hopefully, unless you're Travis Sanheim. Yeah. Um, but you cannot you cannot do what I lost my train of thought. They need to like, I don't know. It's one of the curious things for me is, is this team going to give up on Tortorella? They've got a history of giving up on coaches pretty goddamn quick. If you think back over the last handful of them here and uh, with this level of demand that he's bringing, if there's no playoffs, you know, if you're 40 points out of a playoff spot by the time December rolls around, Hey, well, why the fuck am I playing so hard? It's time to, you know, shut down exactly. towards loses the room. And then that's the end of that. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see if they can keep this up. And, you know, if they hover around that second wild card spot, maybe they do. Maybe they're playing Push. for something. But, you know, if not, if the injuries pile up and the team gets hurt and they're tired and, you know, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Tortorella can maintain control of that room. And, uh, you know, granted, there's been a lot of overhaul. A lot of those guys that gave up on, you know, Elaine Vigneault are no longer here. But, um,. I don't know. Old habits die hard, right? There's well, and a lot of those guys, um, a lot of the young players who are now more of the like getting up to veteran players, were around in the room. Do you at think the there's same a time. single one of the young guys, Forsters, Mula, Andre, Adder, Dedanoye, Brink? Do you think any of them are on the opening night roster? If I had to make one solid predict- prediction, it would probably be Tyson Forrester. If I had to guess any of them, I think Forrester's think- your best bet. He's but at this bet. point, you could ice a 12-man unit without him, no problem. You could. He, that's, if that's he shows why... up to training camp and he's kind of meh, if he doesn't full-on earn a spot, I don't that's think sad. he's just going to walk onto that roster. They're going to just mm-hmm. give Wade Allison that spot and run it back. I um, I would hope Emil Andre shows up. I hope he has a great camp and he makes a point to, uh, you know, beat Nick Sealer, which he obviously should. <sighs> But um, those would be my two big ones. Um, I would also hope Denoye kind of makes it, but I wouldn't mind if he kind of just did the can York and coming back. back some. That's the thing. And then you have no Kate, so it's like, where's his role? And... Speaking of center depth with Kate and Guterria, there was the mm-hmm. Shane Pinto trade rumors that uh, came on quick and sputtered out even faster uh, over the last couple days here. And. Shane Pinto completed his first full season, 22 years old, 20 goals, 35 points, minus 21 uh, during his first full season with the Senators. And there was never any official trade rumors on this one. A lot of people were kind of connecting the dots. Obviously, the Senators don't have a ton of cap space and thus cannot sign Shane Pinto right now, essentially, is what they're stuck with. Mm-hmm. And uh, the proposed swap seemed to be uh, Shane Pinto, the rights to Shane Pinto... And Matthew Joseph, who had $2.9 million left for three years, I think it was. So a cap. Like and you're cap. swapping for Morgan Frost, essentially. That seemed to be the uh, theory oh. on that one. I thought it was uh, Scott Lawton. Well, that was the other one that I saw a Senators fan propose, was Scott Lawton for Drake Batherson, I oh, believe. Oh, that's what that's And the salary difference then gave the Senators room to uh, re-sign Shane Pinto. Um, I mean... I don't see anything happening that, like anytime like with this anytime soon. I think this is just, just don't, like, you don't just you really don't see trades this time of year, you no, know, especially a substantial one. And well, it's you know, Shane Pinto is I think at this point if you're comparing Pinto and Frost, it's kind of difficult, right? Because there's not mm-hmm. exactly an extensive track record for either one of them. Pinto had 20 goals this is his first full season. He's a couple years younger than Frost. But, you know, and this is where I think lineup-wise if Couturier is going to play 1C for, like, the entirety of the season, which I am not for, by the way. If I no. was the coach on this one, Couturier is playing 3C for the rest of his fucking career. 
He's on 3C. He's going to focus on the penalty kill. Defensive minutes. This guy's not – I'm not wasting this guy's career when the team's not going to compete. It's all about longevity at this point as far as I'm concerned with this guy. He's 3C, nothing more. But I don't think it's what's going to happen. I think he's probably going to start at 3C and then quickly when Morgan Frost gets overwhelmed, gets swapped out, and it's it's the end of that. They panic. But that kind of poses the question with Pinto is like, I think Pinto would be better served as a 3C than Morgan Frost would. That would be my call on that one because I think he's a better two-way guy. Frost sure. has an offensive ability, but his two-way game is shit. So if and you're it- going to ice Couturier and Cates, they're going to get the bulk of the ice time. I would not mind that swap. I would not mind Pinto. But if you're going to keep a Couturier in a middle six role, Cates is 2C, Couturier is 3C, okay, fine. Then you may as well keep Frost and see what you got with this guy. Right? Like, you know, at this point, it's too, it's it's a lateral move at worst and a complete crapshoot at best. Right? So, I don't know. It's a fascinating little trade that I think depends entirely on the deployment of Sean Couturier in order to make the most sense for the Flyers. And, and kind of with these next... Because he's got... It was two years, two million with Morgan Frost. Right? Yes. So two point one mil, I believe. If you want to be oh, oh so I'm so sorry. <laughs> that extra two hundred k goes right to the bank account of Bill Meltzer for the <laughs> fucking blowjobs that are given. <laughs> Give me my little puff piece this week, Daddy. Um, <laughs> uh, he's got two years. This, these two years are prove it or move it. Like he's if if he doesn't show up by the time uh, Gautier and Mishkov come. There's no room for Morgan Frost. So, I, I mean, I agree. I think Morgan Frost should be in a first-line role, first-C role. You have Sean Couturier in a third role, especially because longevity. You have him for how much longer now? Seven it, more years, I believe. So, if you're going to get your money's worth and not have him eventually just sit like Ryan There's no Ellis, reason this guy needs to play 25 minutes a night right now. No, there uh, is your 1C playing power play and penalty kill and offense and all this shit. No reason for it. Give him the third line shutdown minutes and give him the penalty kill. That's all he yep. fucking needs right now. He did kind of shine in that role once upon a time. Sure. With, with Matt Reed and, uh, oh, God. Matt. But when Matt Reed was good <laughs> for, like, a, a hot moment there. He Simmons was there and Shen was on that line. and uh, mm, Simmons. Uh, oh, the good old the, days. Yeah. The, the almost good old days oh, I, yeah. because it's like they were fun to watch, but they didn't get anything out of it. I think that's where I think that's where a lot of my disenchantment for the Flyers really started coming where it's like, oh, we're not going anywhere. You, you, you were mentioning earlier how like and I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but you were mentioning earlier how like these last those last like three years, uh, like 19 to like 21, that those you could salvage those. They should have done kind of what the Penguins kind of are doing now with because they have Crosby, Malkin, Latang. They're old. They're, they've one more run in them, probably. You got to bulk, bulk your lineup up and make sure Drew and Voracek and all of them can uh, get you up a Stanley Cup. But they kind of just squandered that, especially in that last year. Oh, my God. Chuck Fletcher. Um the, but, to- the first time I gave up, you know, I gave up on the Hextall era a lot sooner than most people did. And it was the summer that TJ Oshie and Phil Kessel got traded for nothing oh, by yeah. the Blues and the Leafs. And it was, you, you had the, and they both went on to win cups with their new teams, by the way. And <laughs> it's just like, you could have salvaged that team in 2015. If you brought in these guys as offensive forces, you could have had something with Giroud at his peak. Oh, I guess I guess that was the uh, season with he had his uh, core muscle problems. So I don't think he was at his peak then, but you get the point of my drift. That era was yeah. at the, the the peak of its run there, and they didn't do that because no. Daniel, it was too early. We can't add anybody now. Seven fucking years later, I was told once again that it was too early to add talent with Alex DeBrincat. So you <laughs> yeah. know that seems to be the uh, continuous, uh, yeah. <laughs> loop we're that we're stuck in at this point where you're never going to be fucking competitive, right? Because well, you refuse to bring an outside talent that's any good. Well, we got to have the fourth or the best fourth line in the NHL, Dan. We yeah. have to have it because we can't have a Stanley Cup, but we will surely beat the shit out of you now. It's got to get that Broad Street bully mentality back. Yeah, we can't... Have three fights a night and fucking 
DeLore will be covered in CTE by the time the season comes to an end. Oh, Ooh. He can he can sit on LTIR too at the end, I guess. Yeah, if we're, if we're, Fuck, he's under we're, contract for like fifteen more years, isn't he? Uh, NTC, and a modified NTC, but NTC. Yeah, well, in that case. <laughs> so just you know, maybe a little more years. Holy fuck! I, I he's fine. I I don't really hate Nick Deloria. I don't really Hathaway and Delorier and Paling. It's gonna be a very good fourth line. It's gonna it be just fine. begs the fucking question: Why are you building a Stanley Cup caliber fourth <laughs> line when the rest of the team is complete and utter trash? That's the thing. That's the thing that confuses me. You have these guys, and I guess like you don't want to squander the opportunity if these guys are available because they'd go to other teams. But like, you're not ready, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of those kinds of guys down the line. You so I I just I don't get them. I'm not really necessarily upset with them. It's just not the right time for shit no, like this. That that's exactly it. It's not the right time. We're the, kind there. Of there is a ahead. time and a place for Delorier. There is a time and a place for Hathaway. They serve purposes. They absolutely do. They're two of the better fourth line grinders and forces, whatever they're called this day in the game. That's fine. Why are they on the Flyers <laughs> roster long term when this team is not? even going to make the playoffs, let alone be a cup caliber team. It just, there, it doesn't make any sense. And well, Daniel, they're going to trade him. They're not, they're not going to trade him. Oh. Delorey's got three years left. Hathaway's got two. Like they're here for the majority of the country. They're here specifically for John Tortorella. Like that's, it's, it's, it's the thing with Stahl. And that was the thing I put in that uh, prediction piece as well. I don't think they're trading Mark Stahl the deadline. I think this guy sees out the rest of the season here. Oh God. This guy's just here. Oh, God. Because he's either not going to be valuable enough, which, sh- fucking spoiler alert, nobody's going to fucking want him for any kind of valuable return, and they're going to do what they did with JVR last year, which is just like, oh, fucking nobody wanted him. Oh, well. You know. I made calls. I made I, 16 I, I... calls. Here's my call with my app to show me how great my trains are. Oh, I mean, God. You know, I, I just, <laughs> you're either going to play Mark Stahl every night, and he's going to suck, and nobody's going to want him, or you're going to sit him all the time. He's going to play 15 games. And nobody's going to want him because he's only played 15 games. So you're screwed one way or the other. And even if you trade, it's going to be for a fucking sixth round pick. We need those. We're rebuilding. We need those. We really do. Uh, oh, this, this, uh, oh, we're going, we're getting into it. It's getting closer. Yeah. The, the, the vein in our, the vein in my head's starting to, <laughs> already starting to pop. Like, oh God, dude. Uh, it's gonna be so. I, I I'm weirdly excited for this season in the sense of like I've never been less excited for a season in my entire life. I I say excited in the sense of like I'm okay. So excited is a lot wrong word. I'd say more curious because let's see. You you know you, we're gonna see where this team goes and how this year is gonna play out in the sense of is Kateria gonna play a full A two season? Um, is Joel Farabee going to be more than a guy this year? Are we going to see any kind of development? Are we going to see any of the young guys? Are people going to get hurt? Period. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 honestly the biggest question. Are we going to see Adderd? Are we going to see Zamula actually play? Not. I really hope I don't see Zamula being benched almost like like uh, like forty percent of the time to like sixty percent. I think forty percent is generous. It's going to be about 80% of the time. That's what I don't want. That's like kind of, I want to see Zamula play. I want to see, I really want, especially. There's just no reason why the kids aren't playing. And I think that is the ultimate thing that frustrates me the most is like, if you were a cup caliber team and you want to let Danoye marinate in the AHL in favor of Garnet Hathaway, fine, whatever. Okay. You're trying for something here. The fact that you're rebuilding, quote-unquote, Breyers used that word all summer long, and there's a possibility that not a single one of your fucking prospects starts the season on the main roster, that is bullshit to the fucking highest of levels. It's insanity. Oh, uh, uh, the headaches are coming. A lot uh, of these fucking players can and should be in the NHL right now. Oh, well. You know, like... They should be. Bobby Brink... Elliot Danoye, Tyson Forrester, Emil Andre, Ronnie Adder, Igor Zamula, Ollie Lexell could probably fight for one if he really wanted to. He was fucking awesome and uh, fucking point-per-game guy for the Vandom last year. You know, even Adam Gidding had a good season. Like, he could shout, like, you have these guys that could make it, that could be tweeners. Even if you didn't fill the Hathaway spot, whether it was Hathaway or somebody else, and you just cycled them in all year, fine. 
Yeah. But even right now, even that, going back and cycling players in is going to be difficult because you added these fucking worthless depth veterans. Yeah. I mean, like, what, Getting what fucking angry do? now talking about this sh- I hate this team. Well, this shouldn't then- have been this fucking hard. There's no <laughs> goddamn reason why these depth guys are here. Why didn't you trade Travis Konechny? Why is Tyson Forrester and all these guys going to start in the fucking AHL? There is no good reason for it. Oh my god, I, I fucking hate this team. I hate this team. I hate this front office. Danny Breer sucks at his fucking job. Everybody's on his knee. <laughs> Danny Breer, fuck this guy. He hasn't done a goddamn oh, thing to god. change anything. It's I, the see, same old shit. Yeah. The happier face out there. What do, And what do you do if training camp happens, preseason happens, and all those guys that you just mentioned outplay Mark Stahl? Uh, Garner Hathaway, which is Haley, a likelihood they're going to Sealer, all of them. Like you, you see them play, and they actually are like they're worth a damn. What do you do with all those guys? Because you really want them to just sit there and like marinate and kind of the make... HL. Because you got but, no, you got no spots. Well, it's yeah, you don't. So you I carry a couple extra players, but uh, like. How many defensemen are they going to carry right now? Like 12? (laughs) What do you do? You have to put a lot of these guys on, I guess, waivers if you could. That'd be it, right? Uh, That'd be the way to get around stall and shit like that and sealer. You need to put them on waivers. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, mean, they should if they knew what the fuck they were doing and cared about the future. But there's, and that's like, that's the whole problem with Tortorella is like, he's not going to let stall and sealer go quietly, right? No, they're uh, they nothing. are here because of him. Hathaway is here because of him, and it's like uh, it's so fucking frustrating that you just added a bunch of toys for this guy to play with that is completely counterintuitive to the goal that you should be going forward with. Yeah, I know. I, <sighs> I get Tort. So, how many more years does Torts have on this contract? He has two three many. more years. To three. So I say he gets one more full season. To see where everything goes, especially with this new regime, that's that's going to be the big excuse. Is like, oh well, he was under Chuck Fletcher last year, so this is his first full year with Danny Briere, and then next year when status quo keeps happening, and then we're still in the same shit spot. I think that's where his career, or at least his uh, coaching job, starts getting a little uh, shaky. Briere had nothing but good things to say about him today. He was just absolutely, mm-hmm. you know. He's part of yeah. the triumvirate of leadership, the menage a trois of leadership. While everyone's sucking on uh, Danny Breer's cock, Danny Breer is sucking on John Torrell's cock, and there's going to yeah. be some sort of weird human Tortorella centipede. is the, the, the dom in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> there's some u- weird human centipede uh, fountain. Yeah. Kind of thing. Jesus. Of dick sucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's your Christian podcast, but yeah, I just, really. I, I'm a goddamn devil. Oh. All right. Uh, I, I think at least you know, in the, like as a fandom season ticket holder, like I'm told, I'm not totally <laughs> angry. None of these guys make it, but for the betterment of my favorite hockey team, I would like these prospects to fucking make the NHL and succeed and build a foundation for the future. So eh, you know, twofold here, I guess. <laughs> it's it's a little bit of you. You're gonna win, but I'm gonna win, and the Flyers lose. Yeah. Well, I mean. I guess if you're going to try and make the most of the season, at least you're going to enjoy at least a Phantom season. At least for a little while. Huh. Hopefully. Maybe I'll try and go out to a Phantoms game this year. I, I have, think we I've... see a lot of like situations what, very similar to Cam York last year. It's like I think all mm-hmm. these guys start in the AHL, and by like the midway point of the season, all the veterans have long overstayed their welcome, and everyone fucking hates them, and the young guys are too good to ignore. And eventually they get called up. Like my guess, is that is probably ultimately what happens here. Instead of them starting on the main roster, cool. which like cool. it still annoys me. I guess it ultimately depends what time it was. But you know, here thing you know we talked about this on Flyers to chat a couple weeks ago. But it was like, well, if they can, you know, you're gonna sell Mark Stahl and Hathaway and all these guys at the deadline, just call them at the deadline. There's like eight games left in the season after the deadline. You wasted mm-hmm. a full year. You know, like ah, it just it frustrates the fuck out of me that you're gonna wait until March. To fucking call any of these guys up, and so at stupid. that point, at that point, 
all the teams who have already made the playoffs aren't playing as hard. They're getting ready for playoff time. And everyone else is kind of winding down the season. You're going to try and let these young veteran or not young veteran, young prospects um, kind of just play with, with the kids' gloves on or play against yeah. people with the kids' gloves on? It's, of course. How, how's that going to help development? It's not. It's not. It's the problem. It's... You think after problem? all these years they would fucking try to reevaluate their player development and their solution is let's just do the exact same thing we've done for years. And it's amazing how many fucking people... I talked about this on my solo show last week. Like, it is amazing how many people defend Mark Stahl or defend Hathaway or defend these veterans taking away some of the kids. And I, I... Like, were there people that celebrated Yori Laterra playing over Oscar Lindblom under Dave Haxtell? Nope. Were there people that were happy Andrew McDonald was playing over Travis Sanheim? Like... I don't, like, if there was, I don't fucking remember that. I remember people being fucking livid that these veterans were here taking away ice time from these kids that should be playing in the NHL. But because all goddamn Danny Breer's making these moves, Mark Stahl, like, people talk about Mark Stahl, he's fucking Victor Hedman. Like, it, it's like, I'm so, I can't believe the shit that I've heard this summer and the fucking mental gymnastics these people try and pull on me with this shit. He was on the Stanley Cup pan- yeah, or not he was winning. So he's so he's he's obviously You know the any Panthers defense. fans I heard be like, Bro, this guy sucks. Like we begged Paul uh, yeah. Maurice to bench him because he fucking sucks. It's like huh. seen- Crazy. I, I remember when the signing happened and like everyone on the flyer side is like, Okay, great, awesome, awesome, great, awesome, perfect. Veteran presence. We'll get us we'll get us pro- uh get us uh capital at the de- trade deadline. Whatever. And then everyone on the Florida Panthers, I was like, why the fuck did this guy get signed anywhere? <laughs> like, wh- why did anyone it's, give It's literally Keith him? Yandel 2.0. Like, we oh, just did this a couple years ago, and we're doing it again with the same guy from the same team, the same fucking age. We're gonna 36. Be, we are going to hate Mark They didn't Stahl. even get Eric Stahl. I fucking <laughs> loved Eric Stahl growing up. He was my favorite non-flyer of all time. You couldn't even get that guy. You had to bring in his fucking idiot brother. Uh, the God. one who didn't win a cup. The one yeah. who hasn't won a mm, That's great. That's awesome. I, I love this team. This seems great. I am not. Have, I don't have any concerns going into this uh, coming season at all. But oh, I am curious great. to see where it goes. I'm curious to see where everything will end up going. I would like to see Sean Couturier move. I'd like to see Cam Atkinson move on skates other than in the pictures we've seen so far. I'm going to move at glacial speed, like a cruise ship out there. <laughs> I just, uh, my, you know, at least so kind of going into expectations for at least the people we know, I I, I hope that Travis Connecting capitalizes on his last year uh, on last year and kind of replicates that or, you know, goes a bit higher. Hope his I hope... value stays at a point per game pace. Yes. Yes. Especially just for at least trade value at the end of the day or, you know, whatever else. I hope Joel Farabee finally wakes up if and, he can hit 40 points which he's never done yet which will which we will hopefully see scott lawn i don't really have any expectation for he's just there he does as fine long as he didn't get hurt yeah uh noah cates capitalized on the on his he better win year. a fucking selkie this year yeah he better win out the selkie this year uh <laughs> gar hathaway nick deloria ryan paling are all on the same kind of level of just whatever morgan frost pr- put up or shut up Owen Tippett, kind of in the same way, put up or shut up. But I actually have, I'm excited for Owen Tippett, um, and I hope that he has a great year. I hope Wade Allison actually does stay on the team and Torts lets him play his game. And then I kind of hope I get to see Tyson Forrester. And then I don't have any expectation for the defense. I have literally yeah, his none. Defense is flaming garbage. Literally none until I actually see what the res- the defense looks like and how it's going to stack up and how it goes through training camp and everything because. You have when when do, is Danny Briere in the front office hands tied where Emil Andre just fucking what if he did like the Nick Sealer move every preseason game like when do you start going okay maybe just put Nick Sealer on waivers and let him go because thirty years old you've you're not got a get... lot of fucking bodies on this blue line and like it's it's the biggest baffling move as to why Mark Stahl's here in the first place is like you already had like. You've got Sandheim, Ristolainen, Walker, York, Stahl, Sealer, Zamula, and then you go down to the AHL. Andre's around, Adderd, and you got uh, Victor Mete, who they signed, 
And then Helge Granz and Adam Gidding could both probably reasonably fight for a spot considering the lack of talent. That is so many fucking people that could reasonably fight for this spot here. And the only two that have any fucking promise whatsoever are York and Andre. So it's like, it should not be much to think that Andre could make this opening night roster, but it comes down to, are Sealer and Stahl favored? If Sealer and Stahl are favored, you roll with York, Ristolainen, Sanheim, Walker, Stahl, Sealer. And just like that, you've got no room for Emil Andre. And then Zamula just sits in the front. And Zamula is your seventh, yeah. And Adder's still in the AHL at 25 years old or whatever he is. And that's the, and that's the whole reason we got rid of Tony D'Angelo, I, I thought. You would think Ronnie Adder is the much better version of what D'Angelo was. Yes, that should have been the plan. Oh, wow. But it's no longer the plan. Oh, well. It will be a fun season as training camp starts on Thursday and then preseason starts Monday. Great. So I hope we get another one of those pictures where um, it was the guy laying on the ground and, tor- mm, and tor- yeah. Tortorella's friend. Corpses Tortorella. surrounding Tortorella. Huh. Uh, I hope I get to see four of those. Uh, if, if anything, if... if be Katuri with his broken hip out there. <laughs> just uh, Katuri hanging on by one vertebrae. <laughs> just... <laughs> Oh, well. Oh, well. Here's to another season. Am yeah, I right? Yeah, great. <laughs> another one. And then maybe, and maybe Mishkov will, since he's getting some playing time, maybe he'll develop into the the Jesus flyer we hope we hope to God he is. Yeah, three years from now. Well, I'll wait three years if he um, is great. I don't know if I'll, I got three I'll, years in me. I'll, I mean, you know it what all the, depends. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to be wrapping this show up, but I'll fucking go off on this Mitchkov thing for a second. <laughs> like, even if Mitchkov is the best player that ever suited up in NHL history, you realize you still need more than just Mitchkov. I 100% agree. And, like, I think that's one of the things that I don't think a lot of people think about. Is like, the, the, the feeling I get off of Flyers Twitter alone is like, well, they got Mitchkov. When he shows up, everything's just going to be fine. And it's no. like, you need to be so fucking deep in this league to be competitive this day. And I think of teams like the Edmonton Oilers. You have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And they have to drag the corpse of that Oilers team to success every year. You know, just to even make the playoffs. Because there's nobody else on the team that's worth a shit. And I think about that here, even if Gautier and Mitchkov are your own McDavid and Dreisaitl. You need so much more than that. And right now you don't fucking have it. You're not even Flyers. in close. And the no Flyers. plan to get there. The Flyers should be um, paying attention to this with the Oilers because you're you're 100% right. It is about depth. That's why the Garia Hathaway, the Ryan Paling, that would be great three years from now. Yeah, sure. This it, It'd be fun because then you have your fourth line and then hopefully in the three years you built up in three years from now, Tor- uh, Forrester and Dana are still going to be in the AHL trying to get ice time. God, I hope not. If that's the case, I'm going to change my uh, flyer or my it fandom. It is exclusively going to be the case. <sighs> well, you know, you can only hope it isn't. And that's, and that's where these three years really are crucial because everyone's going to bank on Mishkov. That's always going to be the case. And mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm, and I'm very excited for him. I'm not going to lie. I'm I mean, excited. I hope he's good. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, but, but you need more. You need a lot more. Going... Look how fucking deep Vegas was. Look how goddamn insanely talented Tampa Bay was. Mm-hmm. Like the the teams that are making the playoffs that are winning the cups are just insane. They're like twenty million dollars over the cap and depth players. There's no they they don't have fucking Mark Stalls on their roster. No, they've got Alex Petrangelo's on their roster. You know, like actual talent. Oh God, <sighs> they, and that's why. Remember when the Flyers could have brought in Jack Eichel, and they didn't. That that was honestly the biggest question mark, especially for what they got for him. And I always loved because it was the same people that were like, "Well, the Flyers can't add Jack Eichel because he has neck problems and he's all fucked up and he's never going to be the same again." Meanwhile, Fireby had oh. the same thing and they still love him. And Sean Gattari's coming back after two back surgeries in twenty-two months and he's going to win a fucking Selkie again this year. Uh, yeah, the homerism is insane. It's it's weird. It's and but we can't do we can't get Alex to bring Cat. No, of course not. We 
we got Travis Konecny. Why we need Alex Dabrinkat? We got uh, the, 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 the the. I thought the, that was funny with fucking Shane Pinto. He scored twenty goals, Daniel. We have to get him. And I'm like, you know who scored twenty goals like a dozen times now? Uh fucking Vladimir Tarasenko and or Alex Dabrinkat. Exactly. And everyone fucking didn't want either one of them. So right. hmm, I don't know. I don't even know why I bother ranting about that shit anymore. Just fucking, I can't, I, I don't know, whatever. My goal Stupid tonight was, <laughs> my goal tonight was to keep your blood pressure low, and I nope I, did not succeed. Uh, well, maybe we'll try next time. I'm gonna, blood I'm pressure's gonna have, higher than Shane's right now. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> you, <laughs> you beat the shit out of him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to some of those fireside chats. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That. I I actually enjoy listening to you guys just uh, shoot the shit and answer the most asinine questions ever. Yeah. Second one coming this week. We recorded two this week. So. Oh, did you? you I really huh? I listened to the new or whatever the newest one was today. Macaroni bones. That was uh yeah. What would humans <laughs> look like with macaroni bones? They look wrong. That's what they look like. There's mm-hmm. your answer. I I I'm now. Enough. There, if uh, you fire Shane, I'll be the next fire. Shall I check that? <laughs> oh, shit. All right, everyone. We'll call it a fucking night here. Um, um, yeah, second episode of Flyers Star Chat coming. I don't know if we're going to have a second hockey show this week or not. I have no idea. Um, Got to get everyone back in shape here. Oh, yeah. uh, regular schedule sooner or later. As the season's actually here now, but... At Dan the Flyer fan, at Brotherly Puck, at Brotherly underscore pod. Plenty of shit up on the website, brotherlypuck.com. And yes, you too can text into Flyer so I chat about your macaroni bones, 267-227-0328. And uh, Andy, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Papa Flyer, spelled as it is. Um, I make a lot of crazy... No, no, actually, I'm so on and off on that Twitter right now. But I'll be more <laughs> active as the season goes on. And... Uh, yeah. All right, everyone. <laughs> Until next time. Goodbye and good night. Drop the gloves. Let's go. Drop the gloves. Let's go.